Hey everybody, welcome into To The Point. We're here live on a Wednesday with the final divisional preview show before the start of the NFL season. Today we're combining the AFC and NFC West. Going to do both together, the NFC West a little light. Two teams that are not going to be very good this year, not all that interesting teams. So we got that with the AFC West. On the other hand, I think it's very interesting, a lot to chew on, a lot to talk about. But we're going to go through both divisions today. Tomorrow on the podcast, it is playoff predictions, Super Bowl predictions. All of that is forthcoming. I will preview the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs opener. So all that is forthcoming. And then we'll do our Friday betting show which will be a lot of fun with college and the NFL back. We'll do the lines. We'll do some props. So that's returning on Fridays. Football is the best sport to gamble on. It's To me, it's not even close. When it, Any other sport, it's, it's by far the best. So if you're in a gambling mood, you want to spend some money, tune in on Fridays, and I'll give you my best bets going into the weekend, going into the games that, that weekend. So today, let's begin with the AFC West. The AFC West has the reigning defending Super Bowl champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC West has been a division that's been dominated by Kansas City. Kansas City has made it to five straight AFC championship games. They've won their division seven years in a row, dating back to when Alex Smith was present. The Broncos, the Raiders, they've all been searching on how to get back to the top of the AFC West, how to defeat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And beginning in Sin City, in Las Vegas, the Raiders had a pretty disappointing season last year. They benched Derek Carr, at the end of the season, he didn't play the last three games. He was not with the team. And in the offseason, they cut Derek Carr. He was cut. He's now a member of the New Orleans Saints. He signed a deal to go there. And Vegas had decisions to make. They decided to keep Josh McDaniels. It was his first year last year, but he has not been a successful head coach so far in either Denver or Vegas. But he's returning. And with the loss of Derek Carr, you need to add a new quarterback. And they went to the veteran market. They did not draft a quarterback, per se, to be a starter. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. porn star Jimmy, to be their new starter. He comes in. He will he will start this weekend until he inevitably get it, gets injured. But Jimmy Garoppolo is their new quarterback. And Garoppolo has been a winner everywhere he's gone. He's had success in New England. He had sex. He had success in San Francisco. He also probably had some sex. Uh, but he's he's a good quarterback, and he needs a lot around him. But Vegas did what they could with what was what was available. They also added Jacoby Myers, who go, comes over from New England. They overpaid for him, in my opinion. But he he was one of the best receivers available. It was a weak wide receiver class and free agency. He comes over. He worked under Josh McDaniels, so they have some rapport. They know what it's like to work with one another. 
So there's a connection. They added Marcus Epps from the Philadelphia Eagles. Jerry Tillery comes over from the Bills. They get Marcus Peters, who was in Baltimore and in Kansas City. He's get him on the on the cheap because he's just had a lot of injuries, not the same players he used to be. And Austin Hooper comes over as a tight end. Now in the draft, they they got Tyree Wilson, pass rusher at seven out of Texas Tech. They drafted the Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer at 35, a second-round pick. I like Michael Mayer. It looked at times like he was going to be the first tight end taken. Dalton Kincaid ends up going, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he said he wants to prove that he was the best tight end in this draft. He was damn good in college, and Garoppolo loves to throw to tight ends. Use Kittle the most of any any quarterback Kittles work with and Kittles work with a lot of them because it's always a revolving door in San Francisco. Jimmy G targeted him the most. And an interesting pick, Vegas selected Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue with the 135th pick in the draft. He is a quarterback. He played five plus years at Purdue. He's had a lot of experience. He played pretty well in the preseason and he'll enter the season in the mix, Brian Hoyer is still on the roster. They have Aiden O'Connell. If something was to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Aiden O'Connell would be playing and not Brian Hoyer because Brian Hoyer is a backup quarterback, and you know that. You, Aiden O'Connell, maybe there's something there. Maybe there isn't. Now, Foster Moreau, a tight end, departed the team. Rocky Sin, a nice corner, uh, left the team. Deron Harmon. Uh, retired, Mac Hollins departed for Atlanta, and they they traded Darren Waller to the New York Giants. So the tight end that was in Vegas for a long time, had a lot of success, is replaced by Michael Mayer. Waller had been injured the past couple of years, so they get it, an upgrade over him. Now, Vegas's roster is not terrible. They have interesting pieces. I don't mind Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him more than most. And you look, Josh Jacobs is returning after his holdout due to his contract. They have that resolved. He's in practice. He's at practice. They also have Zamir White and Amir Abdullah. So they have a good running back room. Devontae Adams is still a member of the Vegas Raiders. One of the best receivers in the NFL, so talented, can do do it all. Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro in the slot. Didn't have a great year last year, had some fumble problems, had some injuries. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be using him a lot, in particular on third down. But the biggest strength of the Vegas Raiders, I would go, is their they have one of the best defensive players in football in Max Crosby, Mad Max. He might have the best tattoos on planet Earth just when it comes to the quality of the art. And as a tattoo lover, I have no problem saying that. But you have Max Crosby, who's a human destroyer. In my mind, a leading candidate to be NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And Chandler Jones is still on the team. So you have Chandler Jones on one side, you have Max Crosby on the other. And regardless of how good Vegas is going to be, I think they're going to be good at attacking opposing quarterbacks. 
because Crosby's been on worse teams than this one in Vegas or formerly in Oakland. And he's been productive. He's been a guy that has found a way to get his sack numbers up, to be a productive player. And Chandler Jones, similarly, had some Arizona years where the team wasn't all that good. He's went through clubs where you look at it and go, uh, what's happening here? Is this team all that good? So I think it's a, a strength of their team is just their, their pass rushers. And the guys that they have, Jerry Tillery was a decent ad to bring in. Robert Spillane at middle linebacker. He's been, he's a great tackler. He replaced, uh, he was in Pittsburgh and he replaced um, uh, Highsmith back in the day. And he played very well in in relief. He comes to Vegas because he gets a bigger opportunity. He'll play more snaps. So I like him. Another strength is, I think... Their offense is is not traditionally explosive. But I think this offense will be productive because it fits Jimmy Garoppolo. One thing I think is going to happen this year is that Devontae Adams is going to be frustrated with his average yardage per catch. I think it's going to be low. It might be the lowest of his career because Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback that pushes the ball down the field. He will take the intermediate. He will throw a 15-yard out, and he'll settle for that at all time. Derek Carr would throw the ball down the field, and he would take shots, and that's why Devontae Adams went to Vegas to reunite with his best friend. When we play with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers would throw the ball 60 yards and find Devontae Adams. That's not going to happen this year. Jacoby Myers is going to get a lot of catches. On the depth chart, Austin Hooper is ahead of Michael Mayer for some reason. He's a better blocker, but it's the only thing he does better. He'll get catches. These two guys will get catches because they're not going to run down the field for huge, huge plays. Checkdowns to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had the most touches in the NFL last year with Derek Carr at quarterback. I think it'll continue to go that way with Jimmy G. Because Jimmy G will be throwing them the ball in the flat many, many times. So beginning of the year, I think this offense is okay because they're going to throw a lot of 10 to 15 yard passes and just take away the defense and get yardage, get yardage. Find Hunter Renfro on third down. Find Austin Hooper for six. And then you go second and four and you give it to Josh Jacobs and you just keep moving the sticks. So I think it's a strength of the team, but the problem with the way this team will run their offense is if it's not successful when it comes to wins, how long can you sustain it? How long before Devontae Adams starts to voice his frustration with the media? How long before he's pissed off with just the way they run their offense that he doesn't have a quarterback that can stretch the field, that the play calling is a little conservative? That, I think it's going to happen this year. I think there's going to be times where every player in this team goes, can we do something else? But to start, their offense is okay. It fits their quarterback, and you have to give the GM credit for that because he knew if we're signing Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the type of team we need to have, and he, and he did that. 
weaknesses. I think they have a weak secondary. Marcus Peters was brought in at the last second to play. Marcus Peters was once a great corner. Led the league in interceptions one year, was top three another. Cincinnati blew out his Achilles, he tore his ACL. He just isn't the same player anymore. He's playing, he's starting at corner for the Raiders. Nate Hobbs is the other cornerback. He's okay. It's not great. I like Marcus Epps. Trayvon Mulrig was a guy they took in the draft a few years ago. They're still waiting to see what they have. Their linebacking core, not all that strong. I think the defense, like I said, the pass rush is a strength. The rest of the defense is not. It's not something you go, wow, that's really makes you confident that they can keep teams too low scoring, which I think they're going to have to with this particular quarterback. Because asking Jimmy Garoppolo to do too much will result in you losing games. That's just the type of quarterback he is, and you live with it and you know it when you sign him. Marcus Peters, at this point of his career, you're going to have to go in this division Against good receivers for the Chargers. Receivers you might not think you know on the Chiefs, but are pretty good. The Broncos have to cover Jerry Judy. Good luck with that. He'll blow your other knee out. He's just, he's so shifty. The offensive line. They brought in Jermaine uh, Elimanor from Denver. Greg Van Roten comes in from Buffalo. They keep Farham, Andre James, and Colton Miller, who were all on the team last year. I don't think it's a strong offensive line. And this team needs to have offensive line because it coincides with how long is Jimmy Garoppolo going to stay healthy? You need to keep him healthy if this team has a chance. I think one of the problems with the Raiders is they believe that they're going to be a playoff team. Josh McDaniels needs the team to believe that. Ownership believes that they're going to be a playoff team because they have a new stadium in Vegas. They they have this allure about them. They're in a division with Kansas City, and there's immediate pressure because you want to be on their level, even though you haven't been the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' career. And you had Derek Carr for a long time, and it didn't work, so you move off of him and say, hey, Jimmy, I think this year is a season for Vegas that they're going to look at it and go, it's a stopgap year. It's We have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a, he's a stopgap quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. You don't build a team around him. The only way that works is San Francisco. It, it's, they have the most unique interesting offense in the NFL where they just do things differently and their scheme allows for things to come together. They're not one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're better than Indianapolis. They're better than Arizona. They, they won't finish. I don't think they'll be one of the five worst teams in the NFL, but are they going to, I think they'll be picking inside the top 10 come draft day, 2024. I think they'll be looking for a quarterback, their franchise quarterback, in the 2024 draft. 
whether it's Drake May and you trade up or you take Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix out of Oregon, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks playing college football right now. And I don't think Vegas is going to look at it and go, okay, Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo are our future. And if you want to keep Devontae Adams in Vegas, you need to make him believe that you have a quarterback that can play with him. Part of the difficulty for Vegas is the division. It's better than it was last year. They beat the Broncos twice last season. In both meetings, they won. I don't think that's going to happen again this year. The Jimmy G for Derek Carr swap is not a net positive for me. I'd rather have Derek Carr. I believe Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints are going to win their division. I think the Vegas Raiders are going to finish dead last in the AFC West. They have talent. I don't think they had a terrible draft all in all. But there's enough talent around them that it makes their team look average. It makes their team non-threatening. This team needs everything to go right for them to be successful, and I don't think it's going to. I think we will see Aiden O'Connell play this year. He might play seven, eight games, depending on injuries. And if the, if the season doesn't go well from the start, maybe a turn to the rookie. It's a stopgap year for the Raiders. They signed Jimmy G to a decent contract for money in multiple years. I didn't really get that. Because I don't think a whole lot of teams were looking for his services. The Raiders make decisions. I think... In 2024, I think the Raiders have a new head coach. And I believe they have a new quarterback as well. And that quarterback will likely be playing playing college ball this year. They'll go young in their quarterback because they've had Derek Carr. Then you go to Jimmy Garoppolo. It's time to try something different. But the Raiders... Sometimes it's circumstance. They have a difficult schedule. It's doing this the last couple of days. I'll go through it for y'all. So, but I do to try to figure out team records as I go through who you're playing. Vegas has to play Denver this year, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, the Chargers twice, Green Bay, New England. Detroit, the New York Giants, the Jets, Miami, Kansas City twice, Minnesota. That's not easy. A lot of playoff teams from last year. A lot of teams that will make the playoffs this year. Maybe they will be better than I expect, but I just I look at it and I think they're the worst team in the division. Talent-wise, quarterback-wise... All of it. I still like porn star Jimmy, though, so I'm rooting for him. Let's move over to Denver. Maybe the most disappointing team in football last year. It's hard to argue that it was not the Denver Broncos. 
Denver had hired Nathaniel Hackett, the coach they believed was going to turn the corner for them. They traded for Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. They had newfound optimism. They were excited. And it all began to crash week one when the Seattle Seahawks beat Denver. And it just, it began a spiral. Russell Wilson focused too much on himself, on his personal brand, as the kids like to say now. His demeanor, it was about him and working out, make make sure people know how hard he works. He had an office at the facility. You had to get in touch with him to meet with him. He's your teammate. He's your quarterback. They fired Nathaniel Hackett in week 14, and now... Denver said, we need, a, we need a splash hire. We need somebody with pedigree. And they went, called up Sean Payton. He's working at Fox, having a great old time, making good money to talk about football. But they said, hey, Sean, we'll give you $15 million a year to come down to Denver to come fix Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton could not say no. He's now the coach of the Broncos. Russell Wilson remains there, and the duo are trying to resurrect a career. The decline for Russell Wilson did not start in Denver. That was a facade. It began his last year in Seattle, and I kind of telegraphed it. I said, he's not playing all that well. He's not finding his game. But Drew Brees was a broken man, literally when Sean Payton found him in the bayou. He had no shoulder. He couldn't pass a physical with the Dolphins, and he turned his career into a Super Bowl champion and likely a Hall of Famer in the next couple years and the second most passing yards of all time behind only Tom Brady. So if anybody can fix Russell Wilson, maybe it is Sean Payton. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. He's going to call the plays. And it didn't just begin with, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna go get Sean Payton, and do nothing else for this team. They did a lot. They had money and they spent it. They added Mike McGlinchey, who's been a tackle, a right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers the last number of years. Gave him over seventy million dollars to come to Denver. They had Ben Powers the left guard for the Baltimore Ravens. So two new offensive linemen there. Alex Singleton, who has been one of the best tacklers in football. He led the NFL in tackles last year. He comes over to play on the defense. Kareem Jackson, they had at corner. Samaj P. Ryan, who was the number two running back in Cincinnati, who was huge on third down and a good player. Kyle Fuller, another corner. They get Riley Dixon, the punter, and they drafted Marvin Mims out of the University of Oklahoma to add to, to their wide receiver room. They lose three offensive linemen. They also lost Tim Patrick, their wide receiver, who tore his Achilles after tearing his ACL last year, so his career is not looking all that good. The strengths of this team... The offensive line should be better. 
It was not a strength last year. Mike McGlinchey has been on a, a team in San Francisco that's made deep runs in the playoffs the last number of years. He's played solid at that position. Garrett Bowles at left tackle is not the big man in San Francisco. He's not as good, but he's, he's, he's a solid left tackle. Ben Powers is a very good left guard. It's a lot of money. It's boomer bust. McGlinchey's had his problems in when it comes to when the run game opening up holes for for people. But they decide that's where they decide to spend their money. We'll see if it works out. I do think it's a better offense. I don't think it's a perfect offensive line. I don't think it's one of the better offensive lines in football. But another one of these things when it comes to strengths. Can Sean Payton get Russell Wilson to move again? Will Russell Wilson scramble? Will he use his legs, which has been one of his biggest advantages since he came in the NFL? If he is just a pocket passer, if he's a guy that will not run for eight yards on a third and seven, he won't be a good quarterback. This team won't have success, and they'll be looking in the mirror again, and Russell Wilson will be gone because Sean Payton does not have patience. But if they have an offensive line that can extend plays and Russell Wilson's willing to do what he did in Seattle, you have options. Another thing I like about this team, they have a very good tight end room. Adam Trotman played in New Orleans for Sean Payton. He comes over. They also have Greg Dulich. Trotman can catch the ball, but he's a great blocker. I think he'll help in the running game. Dulich is a tight end that will have more and more yards. He had, he broke through a bit last year with Russell Wilson. They have great rapport. I think he's going to have a big season. And they also have Chris Manhurts as a third guy. He's great, short yardage, a good block. I, I love their tight end room. Jerry Judy, is this the year he finally breaks out? He might be the best route runner in, in football. He's so dynamic. He was fantastic in college. You need to see it consistently. And you pair him with Cortland Sutton, who's just a big receiver, 50-50 balls. He can do it all. And you have Marvin Mims, who should play exclusively out of the slot. He's a speedy guy. He can make a lot of things happen. So I look at their offense, and you get Javante Williams back, who got injured early in the year. You have Javante Williams and P. Ryan. That's a very good one-two punch. At running back, I think a lot of teams need to look in the mirror this year and just say, we need to run the football more. The new way in the NFL is we got to pass, pass, pass. We need to make sure we got to throw the football down the field, explosive plays, make it happen. That can work if you're Kansas City. That can work if you're Buffalo to a certain extent that will work for you if you have a, if you have a special quarterback. Russell Wilson isn't a special quarterback anymore. He's a work in progress. You're trying to see if this guy can can find some form of a game that he can remain in the NFL and be a quarterback that can be productive. At this point, he's not. 
He's just a guy that you look at and go, oh, there's Russell Wilson, who used to be great. Russell Wilson, we thought at the beginning of his career, no doubt will be a Hall of Famer. Will he be now? Javante Williams and Samaje Ryan can run the football. This team might be a better, if you can create holes in the run game, which lead to play action, which make Russell Wilson's life easier, you do that. And I think Sean Payton is aware. But this is a, a lot of teams around the league. You need to run the ball more to create play action. Green Bay is a team I think is going to do this, and it's going to lead to them having success. But same thing for Denver. Javante Williams is one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. Prior to his injury, he was kind of like Brees Hall. He was awesome. He was awesome. And maybe gets injured again this year, but until he does, you run the rock. You give him the ball and see what happens. Another thing. This Denver defense was pretty phenomenal last year. It was the biggest strength of their team by far. They still have Randy Gregory. They added Frank Clark, who comes over from Kansas City after winning a Super Bowl. DJ Jones. Zach Allen comes over from the Arizona Cardinals. There's a lot to like. Singleton is... One of the, is the best tackler in the NFL. Josie Jewell at inside linebacker was phenomenal in coverage. And he, you're looking at pro football focus metrics. He was one of the best linebackers last year. Patrick Sertan at corner is legit. We're talking about young corners and just guys that are getting better and better and ball out week after week. Pat Sertan, Sauce Gardner. Those are the two names that come to mind. Sertan, obviously, in Denver. Sauce playing for the Jets. These two guys have flair. They can come up with interceptions. They can cover anybody in the league. They just are gamers. They ball out. Kareem Jackson playing at strong safety. He's been very good in his career. Justin Simmons at free safety. When this guy is healthy... He's 29. You could say he's getting a little older. But when he's on the field, there are few people better than him. He only played in 12 games last year. But he had six interceptions. Six interceptions in 12 games. In 17 games in 2021, he had five. So this guy is a ball hawk. He makes big plays. Again, got injured last year. But 2022, he had six interceptions, three forced fumbles in 12 games. He might be 29. He's coming off an injury. I'm banking on him being productive and staying healthy. Because when he is healthy, he is legit. Frank Clark, staying in the AFC West. The Chiefs didn't want to give him money, didn't want to retain him. I think that's a good thing, personally. I think he's going to be a little upset. And it's not as if he was horrible last year. He had five sacks in the regular season. He got to the postseason. He's he's even better. He has the second most sacks in postseason history all the time. He had two and a half sacks in three playoff games last year. 
for the Chiefs. You talk about him. 2016, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. He is always in the postseason. And he seems to always be productive. He's 30, but he still looked good last year. And now he's on the Denver Broncos. They also added Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, so they got some depth at the linebacker position behind Alex Singleton. Overall, I think this team's pretty good. Are their weapons as good as other teams? No. But if you look in this division, none of these teams have, have elite weapons. Quite frankly, Vegas might have the best of the entire division because I don't trust the Chargers guys. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Judy has the potential to be have you know 1,400 yards in, in eight touchdowns. Sutton's just a huge body. He can be extremely productive. If it's in the right situation, Marvin, Marvin Mims in the slot, why couldn't he be productive? Sutton played 15 games last year at 829 yards. That needs to go up. He only had 64 receptions. That also needs to go up. But with the tight ends, with Javante Williams, this team is talented. They have a very good defense. It's a tough division, but the biggest thing about this team, the biggest weakness, is Russell Wilson. Will the offensive line hold up, and can Russell Wilson find even half of the game he had in Seattle? Because if he does, the Denver Broncos are going to be a playoff team, even though they're in a tough AFC West. They open up against Vegas. I think that's a strength for any team to get Vegas. They don't play Kansas City week one. Denver starts with Vegas. Then they get the Commanders at home. Not a playoff team from last year. Then the Broncos go to Miami. Tougher game, but winnable in my mind. And then week four, they go to Chicago to play the Bears. I think it's a pretty good start to the season for Denver when it comes to a schedule. It was a disaster because they opened on Monday Night Football last year. They do not have a primetime game in the first four weeks. Also a good thing. Fly under the radar. Russell Wilson, don't do anything stupid. Don't just don't do any do an interview, but don't make it all about yourself. Talk about your teammates. Don't talk about how great you are. Your stupid quotes on Twitter. Your Bible verses, but they're not Bible verses because I think you wrote them yourself. At least quote the Bible. I mean, I'm not going to quote it, but you can. Don't write your own shit. You're not Jesus. To me, it's more about him than it is the rest. Just can you play the game? Make the throws. Have the ability to scramble when it's there. Take what's available to you, and I think Sean Payton will know quick. We will know quick if Russell Wilson's going to work, because I think if, it, if he struggles early, Sean Payton won't, be, won't shy away from making a change at quarterback. Jared Stidham's behind him, and I, don't, I, think, Russ, I think that uh, Sean Payton kind of likes Jared Stidham. 
I think he kind of looks at Jared Stidham and goes, you kind of look like Drew Brees to me. You're not all that athletic. You went in the fourth round to the Patriots. They let you go, and then you went to Vegas, and they let you go, and now I have you. Kind of like Drew. You bounced around before you got your opportunity. Maybe he thinks he could make something out of him. I don't know. He's a coach. He's got an ego like the rest of them. He might see somebody and go, you're you're better off for my offense than, than Russ is. I think Denver's pretty good. I haven't trusted Russell Wilson in many years. I don't know why I would now with the with age and just more and more tear up wear and tear in that body. Will Denver be a playoff team? Tune in tomorrow. And I'll give you my thoughts. Because playoff predictions are coming tomorrow. The L.A. Chargers, playoff team last year, massive lead at halftime, and they throw it away to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval Nation and Trevor Lawrence, the next great quarterback in the NFL, came all the way back and got the win. So I was thinking, yes, you're on the road in that game, but you're up big. You should be, should win it. Brandon Staley has to be gone, right? He can't return as your head coach. Also with the fact that Sean Payton was taking interviews. He's living in Los Angeles. He could literally just keep living in Los Angeles and come coach the Chargers. He would love to work with Justin Herbert. But the Chargers stick with Brandon Staley. They like him. He got them to the playoffs. I think it's a mistake that it's the second it happened. I don't think he's a great head coach. I don't. He's a he doesn't in game decisions. His timeouts are stupid. Nevertheless, they keep Brandon Staley. They give Justin Herbert at currently the largest contract in NFL history for any player until Joe Burrow signs later this week. Not official, but just pontificating. So Justin Herbert returns. They go through a little bit of a battle with Austin Eckler. They give him permission to seek a trade. Nothing happens, although he had the most touchdowns. He has the most touchdowns in the last three seasons combined in the NFL. He had 18 touchdowns last year. He's a productive running back. But he doesn't get a deal. He doesn't really get all that much more money. So there's some awkwardness there, but the Chargers... Not a whole lot of money in free agency. They bring in Eric Hendricks, who was a captain, middle linebacker of the Minnesota defense last number of years. He was released. So he, he comes to the Chargers. They had Trey Pipkins, an offensive lineman that they like. And they drafted Quinton Johnston out of TCU, was in the national championship game last year. And there were some good receivers in this draft. But he was the guy that I think had the most red flags. He dropped a lot of balls in college. He's a huge guy. But didn't always run great routes. He dropped a lot of balls. Didn't seem focused all the time. And they bring him in. So we'll see what Quentin Johnson can do with Justin Herbert. They lose Drake, uh, Drew Tranquil, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, they released him and Bryce Callahan. They also released. They didn't do a whole lot when it comes to free agency and changing this team. 
Strengths. They do have some strengths. Rashawn Slater, who was an all-pro as a rookie, will be returning to the starting lineup. He tore his ACL early in this week three last season, and they lost him. He, he is invaluable. An all-pro as a rookie coming out of Northwestern, he is a stud. You get him back. They also get a, a healthy Corey Lindsley at center, who's been doing this for a long time. You get an upgrade at right tackle with the addition of Trey Pipkins the third. So it is a better offensive line, no doubt about it. Having Rashawn Slater there to protect Justin Herbert's blind side is invaluable. You need that. They have one of the best tackles in the NFL. You pay that guy big money when you can, even coming off an injury. So Rashawn Slater is back. He will be healthy for week one. He's playing. New, another strength. The offensive coordinator, pardon me, for the Chargers was fired. They didn't fire the head coach. They fired the offensive coordinator. And this offense was a little mundane. You have Justin Herbert. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. It's a lot of check downs. And I think everybody in football goes, why do you have Justin Herbert if you don't throw the ball down the field? Why are you having Justin? Well, you could just have Jimmy Garoppolo and have him run this offense. So they went out and got Kellen Moore, who was the OC in Dallas the last number of years. Mike McCarthy wanted to start calling plays. They didn't keep... They did not keep uh, Kellen Moore in Dallas. They wanted to go in a different direction. So he goes to the Chargers. He might be the next head coach in waiting if things don't go well this year. But he's done good things with offenses in Dallas. They've had productive years with Dak Prescott. He's now with an even more talented quarterback. So all that being said, you have Keenan Allen, who you love when he's available. That's the operative word when he's available. He seems to get injured every week one, and he's just questionable the rest of the year. The same can be said about Mike Williams. I've touched on this many times. Mike Williams was hurt most of last year. When he's healthy, he's awesome. They go into a meaningless, meaningless game in in week 18. Yeah, they play 17 games now. So week 18. He plays. They know who they're playing. They know they're going to Duval Nation. No reason for him to play, in particular, an injury-prone guy. He gets injured. He misses the wild card game. Another staley fuck-up that shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have played in that game. He's not available for the playoffs. They lose that playoff game. Quentin Johnson. I think he's a lot like Mike Williams, where it's make or break. Is he going to catch the ball? Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, both guys are back who are kind of fill-ins, slot guys. Gerald Everett, Donald Farm Jr., Trey McKitty, same tight end group they had last year. It was, you look at it, it's uh, it's a weak one when it comes to production and overall talent. So they have, a, they have a similar group up front. Josh Kelly was there last year. Austin Eckler was there last year. Isaiah Spiller was on the team last year. But with all that being said, maybe Kellen Moore can make this offense more explosive, can make it more dynamic. I would just like to see Justin Herbert 
be able to sling the ball down the field, take shots. I said the same thing about the Steelers. In the preseason, you see this Kenny Pickett throw the ball down the field. Matt Canada open up the playbook, allowing his quarterback to show off his show off his arm. And it's just, it's a nice sight to see because it's just checked. Oh, here's Eckler for five yards. Check down. Oh, there's uh, Jalen Guyton in, in, in the slot. Five yard. Check down. And eventually it just gets a little mundane. And when your offensive line isn't that good, Justin Herbert was getting killed last year at, at times. It just doesn't work. So I like that they add Kellen Moore, and I think that's a strength. But I look at my the weakness. I do think it's the wide receiver room. Bringing back the same guys but adding Quentin Johnson. I don't like that. If you could have went and looked at other receivers in the draft and said, you know, maybe we can get Jordan Addison, who Minnesota took. Maybe we trade up and we get Jordan Addison, who I think will be a slot receiver and be dynamic in Minnesota. How about the Seahawks? They had picked 22. And yeah, it might be tough to move up ahead of them, but they got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was great with C.J. Stroud last year. Had phenomenal numbers at the Ohio State. And he's going to be purely a slot receiver, and he's on the perfect team for him. I think he's going to have an awesome year in the NFL playing with alongside Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf. They got talent. But Smith and Jigba is, he had 1,600 yards in 2021 and nine touchdowns, 95 catches. He can do it all. He can absolutely do it all. So I think Quentin Johnson was the weakest of the bunch. He would have been the guy that I looked at and go, oh, okay, I'll take him. I wouldn't, I just, I don't love him. The injury, Keenan Allen is is a walking, talking injury report. I hope it doesn't happen because I think he's just, he's a perfect guy. Run 15 yards to the six, you pick up the first down. But he always seems to have something wrong with him. Mike Williams, same thing. Jalen Guyton's already on the injury report this to start the year. He might not play in week one. So with all that being said, you look around and go, okay. Are we going to be, go through the ringer again? Are we banking on the same guys to be healthy when they weren't last year? And yet, the fact that the Chargers made it to the playoffs last year, I give them credit for that. Because they went through a lot. You lose a left tackle. You don't have your two best wide receivers for the majority of the year. You have an offensive coordinator that isn't all that good. You have a defense that underperformed, in my opinion. And you still got a wild card spot. And you should have beat the Jags, but you blew it. So they deserve credit, deserve credit and some blame for the season that they had. Speaking of that defense, Joey Bosa, Eric Kendricks, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Asante Smith, Samuel Jr., there's a lot of talent there. 
Linebacker, you always say now, you hear people say, linebacker is the position that you don't need to be good at. Well, the Chargers were not good at, and their defense wasn't very good. They still keep Kenneth Murray Jr., who played at Oklahoma. But to me, Eric Kendricks is still very good at the position. They bring him in. I like Eric Kendricks. He plays hard, and he's a great tackler. Morgan Fox, Austin Johnson, Khalil... Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, they expected this pairing to be phenomenal. How good are they going to be? What kind of pressure can you get? Joey Bosa only played in five games last year. The Chargers were an unlucky team. Their whole roster got in. You don't have Joey Bosa, so that means Khalil Mack is going to get a lot of looks. He's 32. He played in all 17 games. He had eight sacks. All things being said... That's a pretty good season for Khalil Mack at 31 without Joey Bosa, and he's getting double teamed a lot. Sebastian Joseph Day, they brought in after the Rams won the Super Bowl to stuff the run for them. He does that well. Morgan Fox, is there more there? Can you bring more to the table? Six and a half sacks, he had a solid first year. Can he be better? J.C. Jackson, they gave the, the bag to to come over from the Patriots. Missed a lot of time, and when he was playing, he got torched. Five games. This, I mean, this team was a, it was a mass unit, which meant that Asante Samuel Jr., who's only 23, he played all, all, 50, all 17 games. He had a decent year. He's got talent. Derwin James, the strong safety. Still very good. He played 14 games. He had four sacks, two forced fumbles, a couple interceptions, 115 tackles. So this defense has the potential to be a strength of the team. It hasn't been for, for a while now. A lot of this is just health. Who will stay healthy? Can you stay healthy? I worry for Herbert that his, his weapons aren't that good. He was on a rookie contract, and he still is for this year, and the team around him didn't provide him with great receivers or overall elite talent, in my opinion. As he gets more money, he just signed that new deal. It's tougher and tougher to do that. You spend your money on Bosa and Khalil Mack and guys that haven't been on the field. You gave, so J.C. Jackson got a lot of money. Derwin James got a lot of money. The Chargers were a playoff team last year because they battled and they do have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. No doubt about it. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on this team to make it again. I think internally it's it's playoffs or bust. They believe that they can win the Super Bowl this year. I, I'm not of that opinion because what it seems the Chargers always have something that happens. They can't find a way to get over the hump to have that ultimate success. I like the team. I don't love the team. Herbert's a great quarterback. And you got to play Denver twice. You got to play the Raiders twice. And you got to play Kansas City twice. That's part of me in this division. You know you get the Chiefs twice. And that's hell. 
because they just they dominate this division. They just win games. That's what they do. Herbert's great, but you look up, you, you see Patrick Mahomes, and you go, well, is Herbert all that good? Mahomes is the best quarterback there's ever been. So it overshadows the talent of Justin Herbert. He's very talented. Does a lot of things right. He's athletic. He's big. Chargers open their season at home against the Dolphins, which is a fun game. Two quarterbacks that have been kind of been linked together. They were in the same draft. They played against each other last year. The Chargers destroyed the Dolphins. So they open against the Fish at home. Then they go to Tennessee. They go to Minnesota. Then they host the Raiders. It's not a gauntlet the first four weeks, but I do think there's they have teams in there that will – obviously Minnesota was a divisional winner last year, team that won 13 games. Tennessee missed the playoffs, but they're a team I think is going to be better. Miami was a playoff team last year. And in the AFC West, you need to start off hot. Get wins when you can. I think for the Chargers, for the Broncos, for the Chiefs, Playing the Raiders this year, although they're not as easy as teams in other divisions, where you could look at the AFC South, sorry, the NFC South and go, well, we can play any of these teams. Imagine getting these teams twice a year. The Raiders will be that game you go through. It might not be easy, but it's the easiest of the bunch. It's the team that we fully believe if we're playing at our best, we will crush them. For the Chiefs, for the Chargers, Broncos, you're playing the other three teams, you need to be ready to go. You need to be ready to go because they have as much talent or more talent than you. And for the Chargers and for the Broncos, you know, before you get on the field, before there's a kickoff, before anything happens, the opposing team has a better quarterback than you. Nothing will change that fact. Nothing. Because Patrick Mahomes is better than Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert. How do you make him less? How do you make him, yes, he's still the best in the world, but he's compromised a bit. That's your key to winning. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, are you on the field? Are you productive? For uh, Frank Clark, can you get to the guy that you were on a team with last year? Randy Gregory, are you dialed in? Be fun, AFC West. We then move to the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. To start off, Chris Jones, we've talked about this. I won't go too much detail because we've discussed it lots. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. It's on the last year of his contract. He wants a new deal with Kansas City. It is currently 1.28 p.m. Atlantic time. And he does not have a new deal. He has not did was not at training camp one day. He's been holding out, getting fined fifty thousand dollars a day, and he might miss out on a game check starting tomorrow night. Because if you don't show up, you don't get paid, right? 
So Chris Jones wants new deal. Will he get a new deal? I think yes at some point, but clearly I think they worry about his age a little bit. I think they look at him and go, um, we, we love you, Chris, and you've been dominant forever. But how good are you going to be in the years to come? You've had a lot of, a lot of wear and tear. He's only 29, but 29 for a pass rusher, that's old. Turned 29 in July. Looking at his pro football reference, in 2022, 15 and a half sacks, most by a defensive tackle last year. He had nine the previous year, seven and a half. So he said his, his career high is 15 and a half. He had fit, uh, 15 and a half in 2018 and in 2022. So he is one of the best defensive players. He is their, by far the best player on their defense. He had the sack in the AFC Championship game on Joe Burrow, which flipped that game and ultimately won it for them. He's liking things on Twitter, you know, him linking him to the Dallas Cowboys. So he's playing the game here. He's playing the game. He wants to get a contract. I don't. He's definitely not playing in week one. The game's tomorrow. Maybe if they lose the game, they'll go, we really need Chris Jones if we want to repeat as Super Bowl champions. He said he'll hold out till week eight. We'll see. It's a wait and see pro, uh, process with that. So he's not available. Also in the offseason, Kansas City lost a lot of important people. Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. So the guy that was working with Andy Reid, to, uh, you know, just straight line, he's now gone. And, and now it's Andy Reid, basically, and Matt Nagy, who was the quarterback's coach last year. But Andy Reid has more, I would just put more business that he has to do now, more, more work for him now that EB is, has departed. Steve Spagnuolo returns as defensive coordinator, however. But they also lose Orlando Brown Jr., who was one of the best left tackles in football. He left for rival the Cincinnati Bengals. So you lose your OC, you lose Orlando Brown Jr. They lose Juan Thornhill, who I think was their best player in, in their secondary. He, was, he played extremely well. He covered guys. He came up with interceptions, big plays, and pass protection. He was great. He's now a member of the Cleveland Browns. So that's a big loss. Juju Smith-Schuster goes to the New England Patriots. That was a good decision to not give him bigger money. They used him for his one year, and New England paid him too much money to come in. Frank Clark, as we just mentioned, went to the Denver Broncos, and McCole Hardman left in for agency to become a member of the New York Jets. So that's a lot. Offensive coordinator, left tackle, best member of your secondary, Leading wide receiver was Juju Smith-Schuster. Frank Clark, who was their second-best pass rusher. McCole Hardman, who was good in special teams. So Kansas City, you look around and go, woof, that's a lot. Well, you lose Orlando Brown Jr., you need a new left tackle. They bring in Donovan Smith of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Donovan Smith has not been very good. Tom Brady got fed up with Donovan Smith. He allowed 
he's he allows a lot of pressures. He allows a lot of sacks. And the one thing I can say about Donovan Smith, he hasn't been good over his career, but he's never played with a mobile quarterback. He's never been with a quarterback that can extend plays like Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see. He has his weaknesses. He gets pushed around often, but he gets a new opportunity in Kansas City. Jawan Taylor also comes over from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will play right tackle for this team. They keep Creed Humphrey at center. They keep Joe Tooney, who's been awesome since they signed him for New England. And they keep Trey Smith at right guard. So two offensive linemen, both at the tackle position, the two most important, you, you could argue. We'll see if those two can figure it out. They keep Jarek McKinnon. They're the running back who will be they, – they have Pacheco, who will be their number one guy. Jarek McKinnon's been their third down back, and they still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not sure how many snaps he's going to play. Oddly enough, you get Pacheco in the seventh round. McKinnon was was cut by the Minnesota Vikings. They bring him in for nothing. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was actually a first-round first round running back, and he is the least valuable guy on the Kansas City Chiefs. They had Drew Tranquil to their secondary. So you look at the Chiefs, and I'll be the first to say, you look at it and go, okay, is this team all that good? Well, strengths. I've heard a lot. Kansas City doesn't have that good of weapons. Their wide receiver group is not all that good. Okay. A lot of other people have that argument. I don't think it matters who Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to. I really don't. Did it matter who Tom Brady threw the ball to when it was Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman? You know what Tom Brady had? He had his great tight end in Travis Kelsey. And Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Tom Brady. It ain't fucking close. So Kadarius Toney was a first-round pick from, from the New York Giants. He might, he, he's had his problems. He didn't work out with the Giants, with the, with the old regime. Day, uh, Dayball didn't want him. I don't know. All I know is he caught a pass and they, he caught a touchdown in the AFC Championship game. He's extremely creative. I think he's going to work well. He's a more talented McCole Hardman. NVS stays uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He knows how to work with Mahomes. Sky Moore. They took him in the second round last year. He did a lot last year when it comes to special teams. He will be used more this year. They had Richie, Richie James, who comes over from the Giants. Here's the name that is interesting for me. Or two for this team. Justin Ross, who was very good in college when he was available. He's had his problems in the NFL because he's had injuries. But he's only 23. And he played at Clemson. He only had 46 catches last year for 514 yards. 2018... He had 1,000 yards receiving on just 46 catches, nine touchdowns. I think he can be a splash player for Kansas City. Just uh, Justin Watson is another guy. You don't hear about him all that much. He's 27. I think he's got more there. They still have Kelsey. They still have Noah Gray. They have Blake Bell. 
it is not a loaded group of talent. But the scheme that Andy Reid runs, the way that Patrick Mahomes can create plays, they will do just fine. I'm not worried about this receiver room with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. I, I just I believe in him too much. I've seen him succeed. I'm not, oh, okay, this, these receivers aren't good enough. He'll be fine. I like the offensive line. They need the tackles to work out, as I pointed out. Weaknesses. Without Chris Jones, this pass rush, this pass rush is very young and inexperienced. George Karloftis is entering his second year in the NFL. Tarshawn Wharton, not exactly a big name, not exactly a guy that's been phenomenal. Had one sack last year, his career high is two. Derek Inadi, more of a run stuffer. Didn't have any sacks last year and he played in every game. That's not his, that's not his role. They have Willie Gay at, at linebacker. He will, uh, at times, try to get to the quarterback. He will try to, to jump in. He had five sacks last year. He's solid at it. But other than that, it gets thin. They need Chris Jones to come back. It's a desperate need for this team because I don't think they can win this. They're not winning the Super Bowl without him. Legereus Steed and Jalen Watson are battling for position in at corner. Justin Reed at strong state to Trent McDuffie, who's been very good since they drafted him out of University of Washington. The defense is solid. It's good, not great, but that always seems to be the case with Kansas City. Steve Stegnola defenses, they are boom or bust. They have their strengths. They have their weaknesses. This Chiefs team is not as good as they were last year, but that's what happens. We saw what happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They weren't as good the second cup as they were the first. As, as they got to a third straight Stanley Cup final, they weren't as good also because they just didn't have the depth. They didn't have the talent because they had to keep offloading players because that's how the system works. The AFC is tougher than it than it's ever been in my mind. We've talked we've touched about this, but th- just in this division, there's a lot of good teams. The Dolphins were a playoff team last year. They're good. The Bills, the Jets, the Patriots aren't awful. The Steelers are going to be better. Believe that. The Bengals are good. The Ravens have better weapons than they've ever had. Uh, as we go through these, the, uh, the Cleveland Browns are a good team. I don't like saying that because Deshaun Watson, but they're a good team. The Jags are a good team. The Titans are extremely solid. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. And there's a lot of things you could say about this Chiefs team. You go, well, this isn't that good, and they have a problem here. But I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. 
He just knows how to get it done. He's the best player in the NFL. He's a gamer. Now, we'll talk about tomorrow night's game. Chris Jones, not going to play. Travis Kelsey might not play. It's a different set of circumstances. It's only one game, however. It's going to be a long season. They, they got a tough schedule themselves. I have it here. Kansas City Chiefs. We got to play the Chargers twice. You got Denver twice. Those aren't cupcakes. They should you open with Detroit. Then you go play at Jacksonville. The Bears at home. There's your first gimme of the year. Then they go to play the Jets on a Sunday night. Go to Minnesota. Host the Broncos on a Thursday night. This is it's a tough schedule. Chargers to get division games back to back weeks. Go to Denver, host the Dolphins in London. So you got a lot of playoff teams from last year. They play a lot of good teams. They got to play the Eagles this year in a Super Bowl rematch. So it's not going to be a cupcake for the Chiefs. They're going to have to battle. They're going to need players to step up. They're going to need Travis Kelsey to be productive. They're going to need him to come. They're, I think Chris Jones will be back with the team. But it's going to be more difficult for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl and win it this year than it was last. It's hard not to pick them, however. It is hard not to pick them. But that prediction will come tomorrow. But you look at the team and you go, it's not as talented as it used to be but they still have the best player in the league and they still have the best tight end and they should have the best defensive tackle at some point. That's the AFC West. Let's move to the NFC West. This will do quicker because there's two teams that are just, it's tough. Arizona, new head coach and Jonathan Gannon. He replaces Cliff Kingsbury, who is the project that comes over from college. Didn't work out. He's a college coach. He's not an NFL coach. And he's gone. Jonathan Gannon was defensive coordinator for the Eagles last year. So he comes in. The bigger news, Kyler Murray is on the physically unable to perform list. He's going to miss the first four games of the season. He also might sit out the whole year. They cut Colt McCoy. So he's gone off the team. They bring in Josh Dobbs. They also have Clayton Toon, who was a fifth-round pick at the University of Houston. The Cardinals are tanking. They have their first-round pick. They have the Houston Texans' first-round picks. They're hoping to land a quarterback in the draft. They have a new GM. Steve Kime was fired. They lose Zach Allen. They lose Byron Murphy Jr. They lost A.J. Green, Justin Pugh, J.J. Watt. So this team got torn out of the woodshed. 
Bring in Will Hernandez from the Giants. Calvin Beecham, Kazir White from the Eagles. They draft Paris Johnson, the guy they wanted. So they, they allowed the Texans to trade up. They move down. They get the tackle that they wanted for the future. So I thought they handled the draft very well. The th problem that they have is that Steve Kime gave Kyler Murray a long-term deal with a lot of guaranteed money. And I think they want Caleb Williams or at least a top-end quarterback in next year's draft. So they're going to have to deal with that. Now, if Josh Dobbs is the starting quarterback who they acquired last week, they're clearly telling everybody, we're not trying to win. Yes, we have James Conner, who's still a productive running back. And we have Hollywood Brown, who's a decent wide receiver. Rondale Moore, Greg Dortch. Zach Ertz, who might miss time with an injury. You have some vets on this team that I think will play hard, but if you don't have a quarterback that can pair with them, it makes it difficult. Will Hernandez at right guard, very good. Paris Johnson at right tackle, we'll see. We'll see how he's a rookie. You're going to get pressured. Kelvin Beecham is also there, so they might split time at right tackle. On the defense, B.J. Ulajari played at, played at uh, LSU. He's a draft pick that's, I like, it's a flyer pick, if you ask me. He's had, he had five and a half sacks, 36 tackles at LSU. I like him. I think he could be productive. Uh, Zavin Collins. Kaiser White, Buda Bakers might be my favorite player in the NFL at free safety. Maybe they can free him by the end of the year and he's out of Arizona, this team that's not competing. All things being equal, they are not going to be good. They're going to have one of these one of the worst records in the NFL. My only thought is Hollywood Brown ain't bad. Zach Ertz is a competitor. He's at the tail end of his career. He's not going to be on a stinker. James Conner runs with reckless abandon. Does this team miss out on the first overall pick because they win more than they should? Do they pull a Lovey Smith last year with the Houston Texans? Do they win the final week of the season and you go, oh my God, we let Lovey do this. And I think Houston's happy with C.J. Stroud, but they could have had the number one pick overall. They ended up with number two. Because there's a team in their division that stinks too in the Los Angeles Rams. I think Arizona, they've already started selling off players. They cut Colt McCoy. I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to start a game this year. Jonathan Gannon can say all he wants. I expect him to play. It's not his decision. It's the general manager. It's management that will make that call. He has no say in it, so whatever he says is meaningless to me. It's irrelevant. This team's not going to win a lot of games. They're not even close to a playoff team. They're not in the mix. They're not smelling the postseason. But what they might do is play spoiler to management, which is always fun. We'll talk about over-unders tomorrow and best odds to get last place. But if they keep some of these guys... On their roster the entire year, they will find a way to win some games. They are not talented, and you go through the schedule, and you go, where, 
find a win. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. It's tough to find wins for Arizona. Sometimes you just win a game that you don't expect. But I don't. Arizona's not going to be a good team. They want the first pick in the draft. That's where they are. Now the thing is, the LA Rams, who won the Super Bowl just a couple years ago, might be just as bad, but they have a better quarterback. Sean McVay pondered retirement, pondered going into a booth. Says, no, I'm going to come back. But he decides to come back, and they did nothing to improve the team. They got worse. Here's what happened. Jalen Ramsey traded to the fish. Leonard Floyd is now a member of the Buffalo Bills. Baker Mayfield is on Tampa Bay. Allen Robinson's on Pittsburgh. Taylor Rapp is back with the Bills. Nick Scott is in Philadelphia. Troy Hill is in Cleveland. Greg Gaines is on the Buffalo Bills. All these players left their team. All gone to different spots. The only thing they did in the offseason was restructure contracts. Cooper Cubs, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. And they drafted Stetson Bennett Jr. the third, the multiple-time national championship winner from Georgia. What can I say? Stafford's healthy, but he's 35. And this offensive line is not good. Havenstein at right tackle, Joe Noteboom went healthy at left tackle, but both guys are starting the year on the injury list. That doesn't make me feel good. Cooper Cup is seeing a specialist on his hamstring. That's problematic. Van Jefferson, 2-2 Atwell. He's kick return specialist. That's what he did in college. The best receiver is Cooper Cup is not available. On the Rams is Tyler Higby, and he's a tight end. Ben Skronik, Notre Dame guy who's basically a fullback slash. he He wouldn't make the team on many other rosters. Cam Akers is back healthy at running back. Sure, that's a positive, I guess. Kyron Williams behind him. Defensively, you have Aaron Donald. But looking past Aaron Donald, you have a lot of guys that haven't played a whole lot of football. Kobe Durant could be good. We don't know. Jordan Fuller, Jonah Williams, Bobby Brown III, Byron Young, Ernest Jones, Christian Rosaboom. This roster is worse then the Cardinals roster, but Aaron Donald is, is one of the best defensive players in football. Stafford's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And, well, if Cooper Cup's not there, this team sucks. This team sucks, just to make it perfectly clear. And Matthew Stafford, I think he's got to be looking in the mirror going, how long till I get traded? How long till I get traded this season? Where am I going? He left, he got traded from Detroit to go to Los Angeles. He won a Super Bowl. Is there a team that could use the services of a Matthew Stafford? If a team really believes they have Super Bowl aspirations, we can get over the hump, but we need a guy. What team makes sense? It's not that many, quite frankly. Vegas? Maybe. They probably would have done it already. What about the Denver Broncos? If Russell doesn't work out, that won't happen. But it'd be fun to think about. 
The Falcons found a way to win games early. See, see a Desmond Ritter. Let's bring in Matthew Stafford. Maybe. Would Minnesota dump Kirk Cousins for Matthew Stafford? Couldn't possibly do that, could you? Washington, the Washington football team? It's interesting, but this Rams team is Sean McVay decides to come back. He'll need to have the coaching job of his lifetime to make this team competitive, and he's not going to be. The best thing that can happen is they keep Stafford healthy. They keep Stafford healthy, and they get through the year, and maybe they trade him, maybe they trade Aaron Donald and build for the future. That's the only way I can look at it, because otherwise, it's rough. Seattle, playoff team last year. Kenneth Walker, back healthy at running back. They keep Geno Smith. They draft Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. DK Metcalf, Tower Lockett, as I mentioned, Jackson Smith and Jigba they took with the 23rd overall pick out of the Ohio State. They still have Noah Fant and Will Disley, pretty damn good tight end duo. Charles Cross at left tackle. They draft Damian Lewis, Abraham Lucas, bringing back most of their offensive line. They signed Bobby Wagner. He was with the Rams for one year. He comes back to Seattle. Jamal Adams was going to miss the first game. Should be healthy soon. Quandre Diggs. Their defense was a bit of a problem last year. It wasn't one, a strength of the team. But I look at it and go, it should be better. It should be a little more. Mario Edwards Jr. comes over from Buffalo. He can provide some pass rush. Jordan Brooks at linebacker is tough. Uchenna Uwosu was very, very good last year. Tariq Woolen might have been the best, other than Sauce Gardner, the best rookie corner in the NFL. I like Seattle. I like their offense, and I, I'm not worried about Geno Smith having a second, you know, his second year now as a starting quarterback, him falling off. We know what his strengths are, we know his weaknesses. He's not going to have every game's going to be perfect. But I look at it and go, DK, Lockett, Njigba, Fant, Jake Bobo. They can throw the ball down the field. He's got a big arm. He's not afraid to take shots. This offense is going to be dynamic. My, my worries, can they keep him upright? Because I don't think they have an elite offensive line. Do they generate enough pressure on the quarterback? Secondary, I'm all, I like their secondary. Devon Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. I think their secondary is a strong element of this team. We'll talk about this tomorrow, but I think Seattle's a good team. They made the playoffs in a surprise last year. I don't think there's I don't think they're surprising anybody this year because people saw them make the postseason. But I think they're going to be competitive again. I think they're going to be hard to play. They're always tough to play in the road with that crowd. Seattle Seahawks, they have Jason Myers, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL. They keep Geno Smith and they give him a good contract, not too much money, but just enough to, to make you smile. Geno got injured. This might be a Matthew Stafford team. I don't know if they'd want to trade him in division. 
but they might consider it. But I like Seattle. They're talented. They have one of the best receiving rooms in the entire NFL. I like their tight ends. Seattle's Seattle's going to be just fine. That brings us to the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco, like Kansas City, is without their best defensive player. Nick Bosa, holding out, looking for more money. They have more time to get the contract done, but it is 1.57 p.m. Nothing is done yet. This offseason, San Francisco traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. He's gone. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant in last year's draft, is the starting quarterback with Sam Darnold behind him, who was taken third overall in 2017. Looking at San Fran, Debo, Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, George Kittle, Juszczyk. This team still has the same weapons. They have Brock Purdy, McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell. One-two punch at running back. McCaffrey won't have to touch the ball that much. I don't think it's smart for anybody to take him in fantasy football because I don't think he's going to have that many snaps every game. They're going to give some to to Elijah Mitchell. They'll give running plays to Debo Samuel, to Ray Ray McLeod because they want to make sure McCaffrey's healthy for the postseason because San Francisco is banking on the fact that they're going to be winning the NFC West. They lost. Obviously, they they lose uh, their right tackle. I just talked about him with the Denver Broncos, Mike McGlinchey. They replace him with Colt McKivitz. I love Trent Williams as the best left tackle, maybe in football. The rest of their offensive line has always been shaky to me. It hasn't been a huge part of their team. They find ways to make it work. Again, this offense with bootlegs and play action. I worry about just protection of Brock Purdy. He's coming off a UCL injury, which is his elbow, that knocked him out of the NFC Championship game. And I don't think – I think it's weaker than it was last year. They added John, John Feliciano from the New York Giants. So if he gets into some snaps, we'll see. I think he sh- should play at in certain parts of this year. But they have depth behind uh, Spencer Burford. But offensively, I really don't have any worries. Brock Purdy, is Brock Purdy one of the five, ten best quarterbacks in the NFL? Hell no, but he doesn't have to be. In particular, in this offense, you don't even have to be elite. Brock Purdy has more athleticism than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has more athleticism than Sam Darnold. So he can extend plays and make things happen. But Debo is there. Ayuk is extremely creative. Jennings is a huge target. Third down, George Kittle is George Kittle. On this team, you just got to be you as your own quarterback. Just run the system efficiently. Kyle Shanahan has drew it up for you. You need to follow it. It's like a map. He just says, okay, this is how you find the the treasure. Just follow the map. You'll get there. Don't Don't go off course. Don't get lost. Just get us there safely, and we'll all be fine. So offensively, Minus parts of that offensive line, there's no concerns. One of the most talented offensive rosters in the NFL. Defensively, their biggest addition is they added Javon Hargrave, who at defensive tackle is a load. He was on the Eagles. 
He beat San Francisco in the NFC Championship game, and they had the money to pay him. 11 sacks last year at the defensive tackle position, not easy to do. Played in all 17 games as well. Yes, he's 30 years old, but he's coming off his best year. So he had Javon Hargrave. They still have Eric Armstead, who's a nightmare. When Nick Bosa returns, they had Cleland Farrell, who's a first-round pick from Vegas. They're hoping he can hit, maybe be a bit productive. They have the best linebacker in football in Fred Warner. Dre Greenlaw's no slouch himself. Traverius Ward, Talua Hufunga at strong safety, stud. Uh, Lenore, Tayshawn Gibson Sr., they get a veteran back there in the secondary. I love the team. I love this team. There's not a whole lot of weaknesses. They There never are. It's always, okay, well, it's the quarterback. The key thing for San Francisco to get over the hump is not get injured at inopportune times. Quarterback injuries and back-to-back NFC Championship games, they've won their division the last number of years. They draft extremely well, despite the fact that they missed on Trey Lance with the third overall pick. Kyle Shanahan is an awesome coach. John Lynch, despite that, is a great GM. They are by far one of the heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl. Top to bottom, just an elite, elite team. And a huge advantage is you get to play you get to play Arizona twice and you get to play the Rams twice. And you can also look at it and say we get to play Seattle. It's tough to play in Seattle, but Seattle is the 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 uh, 49ers know how to handle them. They know how to play there. They do it every year. They got the Steelers week one, which is a tough matchup, an interesting matchup. And we'll chat about that tomorrow because that's or we'll chat about that on Friday because that's an interesting line without Nick Bosa makes things even more interesting looking looking ahead. Those are our divisional previews. Tomorrow I will predict every playoff team. We're gonna go over over-unders. Preview KC and Detroit opening game of the season. We'll go over uh, division, uh, sorry, uh, award winners, MVP, Super Bowl pick. So that's all forthcoming tomorrow. And yeah, it was it was interesting to go through it and go who made the playoffs last year and who's going to get back and there's always turnover. Seems to be five to six teams every year swap the swap out. And here's a little teaser. I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have six new playoff teams. Six new playoff teams from last year. Which is right on par. But yeah, that's that's where it landed for me. So tomorrow, every divisional winner, top seeds, awards, Super Bowl pick. I will preview Kansas City and Detroit. We'll touch on any other news 
in the world of sports. The Blue Jays are now in a playoff spot. Jose Altuve is hitting home runs like Barry Bonds. Ben Shelton, 20-year-old kid, is into the U.S. Open semifinals. Great story for him coming out of Georgia. So that's all coming up tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the, the preview series. Hope you guys have, have enjoyed them. The NFL returns tomorrow night, 920 Atlantic. I cannot wait. But before that, we will chat about it right here in great detail. So join us then. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you then. This to the point.